0: One,
1: personal space, two, personal space, three, hey, hello three, listeners. This is just, personal just a four, quick disclaimer three, for this three, week's three, episode. Three, As anyone that's listened to the three, show before three, knows, three, six, uh, there can be some three, adult three, language, three, and three, anyone that's listening seven, three, for the first time, please keep that in mind. Uh, we tend to be eight, ourselves and not filter, space, so occasionally yeah, a bad word might come out. Space. If you have any children in the room, you know, please put on some headphones seriously. or have them put on some headphones. Thank you care about this
0: i'm not even interested in having this skin on my personal space
2: you're listening to the idp guys with sean john and nathan the wizards of fantasy football Your go-to source for the individual defensive player strategy. And now, three guys who could only make an NFL team on Madden.
3: All right, welcome in to the IDP guys. Uh, This is episode 97. My name is Nathan. I'm here today with Johnny. Yo. And Sean.
2: What's going on, guys?
3: It is going. So let's jump right into the question. Who are your mid-season MVPs? Give me an offense and defensive player. Johnny?
1: Yeah, so I probably didn't word this the way I really wanted to for an opening question. I'm looking for more like who gave you the best value or is like a surprise, Um, you know, because the obvious one would be like Christian McCaffrey, right? But for me, Austin Hooper, right? Like I had a feeling he was going to be pretty good this year, but not what he's been. He's been incredible. I don't think he's had a bad game yet this season. He's been great. I've got him everywhere. And Cameron Jordan, too. Like He's usually like my DE2 on most of my teams, and he's had DE1 numbers all season. So both have been great. What about you guys? Go ahead, John. Uh,
2: as much as you hate it, I think Barrett would be my uh, defensive MVP. He's uh, got him in a lot of places, and he costs nothing, and he's done pretty stellar. Uh, in terms of offensive, Oh man. Um it's kind of a tough call. I think uh I think you're probably right with Austin Hooper. Uh, Mark Andrews, another one that's up there. Uh Evan Ingram to a lesser extent, but I kinda like sticking with the tight ends just because that landscape's been hit even harder than it was last year because uh Ertz hasn't been playing up to what he should be and uh OJ Howard obviously fell off the base of the earth.
1: Mm, Darren Waller.
2: Yeah, I guess I don't have Darren Waller anywhere, so I uh, can't uh, can't speak to how amazing that must be. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. What about your name?
3: Uh, so my offensive guy is Austin Eckler. Um, mm-hmm. Got him pretty late. You know, everyone went the Melvin Gordon train. Then he got he held out, and Austin Eckler kind of filled in, and. It, it, did great still doing great Mm. so uh he's definitely mvp on my team uh where i've got him and then i guess it kind of goes along with this but miles garrett Mm. for defensive um might have been the first defensive end off the board but um i still think that some people are going with the big names first before grabbing him. so
1: yeah I mean with with us a lot of our guys took Garrett first because we all saw the writing on the wall, but a lot of other people took like Donald or Bosa mm-hmm. or someone like that. so
2: this week's news
1: All right, another wonderful wonderful week of news and notes that uh, just keeps getting better and better. Uh, It's all injuries, as usual. Um, But first, I do have a message for Doug Peterson. Doug, (laughs) tell me how my ass tastes. (laughs) (laughs) How about them cowboys? (laughs) Anyway. Mm -hmm. All right, so (laughs) moving on. (laughs) We recorded on Tuesday last week, and none of these IR guys had been announced yet. So these are all a little old. Um, We'll get to the newer ones shortly. But stepping to it. IR, that's not great. Uh, Akeem X, IR, that's also not great. And John Johnson, IR, very not great. Mm-hmm. How much does this fuck with you guys?
2: John Johnson's the only one that gets me there.
3: Yeah, uh, John Johnson and Akeem Hicks, my uh, replacements team, which only, I came out of the draft with only Akeem Hicks. Mm. Uh, <laughs> everyone else came from the waiver wire. Yeah what happens when you sleep through a draft especially right. when it's all idp
1: yeah so so hicks is still a defensive tackle in uh yahoo so he's like a de in a lot of other places including um my fantasy league so he's super valuable in yahoo so this hurts quite a bit mm-hmm. especially with sheldon rankin's like taking a crap lately um so that one sucks uh, i didn't have any to it i had quite a bit of john johnson we'll get into that shenanigans later um. Also, Will Disley ACL. Um. So I guess not even IR. He's done. Done. Mm-hmm. Uh. That's official. We knew he was injured last week. We didn't know it was that bad. So pour some out for Will Disley.
3: It, he was a good pickup. Uh. Especially if you had Hunter Henry.
1: Mm. Yeah.
3: Which I did.
1: So uh, that sucked. And then uh, there was the Thursday night game where Frank Clark came back to life. Hey, that Yay. was that was great. But then uh, Mahomes got uh, his knee screwed up Mm. that wasn't great oh yeah Uh,
2: that's a that's a bummer all around yeah Um, so that makes a lot of fantasy players (laughs) not valuable over there in kansas city and also mahomes is just fun to watch like Mm -hmm. despite how much the media makes it really annoying like he is a lot of fun to watch and the nfl is better when he's in it so Mm -hmm. um yeah, it's a bummer. Uh, do we know, do, do we have uh, any other details on the length? Because I know it was minimum three weeks, depending on...
1: I, I, heard, three, I heard three, because he's he's doing better than expected, and they got back the best report possible.
2: Okay, that's good. Uh, then, yeah, just three weeks without Mahomes.
1: Should be yeah. Fun. I, you know what? They might be able to manage through that, get a win or two. I mean, you know. It,
2: yeah, I got to take a look at their schedule, but mm-hmm. it's... It's not going to be easy because their running game really depends on their passing game opening up the offense
1: right now. Yeah, I don't have any Mahomes. Everyone jumped up like stupid early to take him. Same. So what about you, Sean? Uh,
2: Actually, I have a lot of Mahomes because I drafted him in a lot of rookie drafts. He was my QB1 that year. I have a lot lot of him and a lot of uh, Carson Wentz and unfortunately a lot of Baker Mayfield.
1: Mm. Exciting. Three three hot, well, one hot quarterback and two uh, mediocre quarterbacks there. I
2: think, I think Wentz is pretty good. Uh, he's been pretty good for fantasy for most of the year.
1: Yep. Uh, carry on Johnson to IR. This is really not great. Um, who are you guys taking? Is it Johnson? Is it McKissick? Is it someone else? Do they get someone? What do you think?
2: It's definitely not McKissick. Uh, if they don't sign anybody else, then it's Johnson. There have been talks about Kenyon Drake. There have been talks about Jay Ajayi. A lot of people are going to drop a lot of waiver wire budget on Ty Johnson. And it's basically just a shot in the dark whether they sign somebody else. Mm. They have to to sign somebody else though. Um, They just traded away Quandre Diggs today. So with carry on going to IR and Quandre Diggs getting traded to Seattle you're looking at two open roster spots and you're down to two running backs. So you got to sign somebody.
1: Mm. Well, we will keep an eye on it. Um, Speaking of catastrophic injuries, uh, Thielen is definitely missing next game and we'll see what happens after that. Um, That's not great.
2: I think they said they changed it to day to day, but since it's a Thursday game, he's going to miss this Thursday.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's too too soon. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I I think he'll be fine for the following week.
1: Yeah. And uh, Cousins is turning it on, man. He's actually looking pretty good lately. So we'll see if that continues.
2: Pretty easy when you have 35 seconds in the pocket.
1: Mm. Yeah. Uh, Will Fuller out several weeks. Is anyone shocked? No. All right. Didn't think so. Uh, All right. I've seen some people freaking out about this. Kareem Hunt cleared to practice. He can't even play till week 10, I think, right?
2: Uh, yes,
1: so it okay. If and when he plays, how much do you think it hurts? Uh, Chubb,
2: really tough to say. Uh, I just bought a, two more shares of Chubb and Dynasty, though, because people are panicking about this, and I'm not worried about Cream Hunt long term at all.
1: Yeah, agreed. Uh, Okay. Matt Ryan ankle. Um, They said there's a possibility he plays this week. I don't know, man. Um, It's not like they're going anywhere this year. Why risk it? You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I I agree with that, but teams generally don't think that way just because the coaches and GMs have such short leashes. Where, like, mm-hmm. if the season just goes down the drain, their jobs are likely on the one. Mm. Um, I'm not familiar enough with uh, Atlanta's front office to know how short that leash would be or if it would be short at all. But generally, teams don't play it cautious like that.
1: Well, I hope they don't. I, I need it. I've got him. He's my quarterback in the free agency friend, frenzy league. <laughs> mm. yeah. So I'm completely fucked if he's going. <laughs> <laughs> There ain't no free agents left. (laughs) They're frenzied. They're out. (laughs) So we'll see. Um, Najee good shenanigans. I guess we'll just talk about that later. I'm tired of talking about that fucking guy. That's Mm. all my DMs these days. Um, Leighton (laughs) Vander Eschmeinscheiser should be good to go after the bye week. Um, Okie dokie. Yep. Neck injury. Isn't that crazy with the size of his neck and (laughs) the the role he's got back there and stuff. Part of the big neck gang. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Delaney Walker ankle injury, who knows? John Smith actually did something this week. So that could be interesting.
2: Yeah. I like him in dynasty. We actually talked about that on the, uh, F3 pod earlier.
1: So check this out. Uh, I am a known, uh, Corey Davis hater, but I saw Tannehill was getting his shot this week and I was like, fuck it. I'm rolling with Corey Davis. I'm going to try it. And it worked out. Nice. So do I keep this thing going or do I just count my money and run?
2: I think as long as Tannehill's in, it's worth considering Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. I think they're both very talented. I've always believed Corey Davis was talented and he was just being held back by Mariota. Uh, And Mariota's gone, finally. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later.
1: Yeah, their offense looked uh, a lot different, better.
2: Yeah. And Tannehill's not even that good. So imagine what they could do with a decent quarterback.
1: Right, right. That was interesting. Um all right Kyle Allen getting the start for the Panthers can't say I'm super shocked you guys Mm
3: -hmm.
2: no not really as long as they as long as he keeps playing well as long as they're winning games I don't think they're gonna make a change
1: yeah right you can't mess with success um Drew Brees back week eight um that's what I read anyway I don't know what do you guys think does uh Bridgewater get another go
3: uh
2: not I think
1: the they, they get the buy the, uh, the week after.
3: Yeah, so, I think he's pushing to go before the buy.
1: Yeah, that, I don't know, I though. If, if I'm them, I just sit on it, you know? Yeah,
3: like, it makes more sense to wait
2: till after the buy. Right. But um, basically, as soon as Breeze comes back, I'm trying to acquire Teddy Bridgewater in Dynasty because uh, I think people think that's the end. And I think I would be surprised if he doesn't land somewhere else
1: mm-hmm. next year. No, he he bought himself a job. Yeah, for sure with this. Yeah,
3: I'm looking forward to um, Breeze coming back though because I've got him on a couple rosters and in one of them, at least I'm in good shape with Hunter Henry coming back and getting him. Mm. Uh, It's it's going to be a good good team.
1: Yeah, the the only thing that like uh, you got to consider with Bridgewater, though, is like if when, if and when he goes somewhere, they're not going to have Kamara and Michael Thomas. You right. know what I mean? Like it's it's such an easy playbook for him now. It's like, you know,
2: I think I think the move is to buy Bridgewater and then sell him once he lands somewhere else, because um, I think people are going to be worried about him not landing somewhere else. So I think he will be able to buy him once Breeze comes back. I think you'll be able to immediately flip him for a profit when he does land somewhere else. So you're just basically gambling on him ending up somewhere other than New Orleans, and I think he will. Yeah, I think that's a pretty solid gamble.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, if you can win games in the NFL, um, there, there aren't 32 quarterbacks that can do that. So it's pretty simple. Emmanuel Sanders to the 49ers. Um, it's already kind of a interesting wide receiver situation there. Does this make him the number one guy? What do you think?
2: Uh, another thing we were talking about on f3 pod uh joey is a 49ers fan and he really liked this move for them i really didn't like it for them and i didn't like it for sanders either i think i don't think the problem is the wide receivers over there i think the problem is the quarterback i don't think garoppolo is that good um
1: he's beautiful though yeah yeah sure uh
2: but i think Emmanuel Sanders is, if you're an owner of him, you're in trouble because he's not going to get the same volume he was getting in Denver. Mm, mm-hmm. So I just, and I don't know that it's going to be all that much more efficient volume in San Francisco either. So I don't know. I don't really, I'm not interested in this at all. If I have uh Emmanuel Sanders in a dynasty league, I'm kind of shopping around to see if anybody else is kind of just infatuated with moving him to a Kyle Shanahan offense and seeing if I can sell him for something.
1: Mm. Yep. We'll see how it plays out. More trades. Quandre digs to the Seahawks. You know what? This actually for them, for the Seahawks makes sense. McDougal has been hot dog shit all year.
2: Yep. This is uh this is a really good move for them. He's a really good player. Um, And he can play all over the secondary. So I really like this move for them. Uh, The Lions got basically peanuts for him. They traded him in a seventh for a fifth. And uh, like fifth round picks, they're usually special teams contributors. You know, It, it just, I don't know, didn't make a whole lot of sense for me unless they're making a corresponding trade that is going to require them to hash out some money for somebody and I don't really see them doing
3: that. I so. did see the spot track on that in the next three years. Like they clear a lot of money, a lot of space. Uh, this year it's like 1.3 next year. It's like two something. And then like seven, the third year.
2: Yeah. But I mean, 1.2, 2.3 2. isn't all that much. No, money. no, not at all. Then you, but... then you just ship them off after two years and then you see mm-hmm. the seven. But, um, yeah, I just like, to me, you don't trade away good players for random draft picks at the back end of a draft. You know, I don't know. It didn't make any sense to me. And I don't think that 1.5, 2.5 million is going to move the needle much on somebody they can sign. It'd be a lot easier to restructure.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lions Twitter's taking it well.
3: I, I'm just wondering. So his replacement was. Um... Justin Coleman, Justin. No, that's the corner. It's, um, Tavon Wilson, right? Oh, Tavon Wilson. That's right.
2: Uh, it's actually probably going to be Will Harris to be honest, but I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of moving parts over there, but like the fact that you have depth of the position is not a good reason to just trade guys away for fifth round picks because fifth round picks very rarely end up making any sort of meaningful impact on a roster. Whereas quandary Diggs could make a meaningful impact this year.
1: Hmm yeah i'm gonna do a little waiver wire scouring later if he's out there um I could see him displacing like McDougall, definitely he's been terrible, and he's pretty beat up. He didn't even play this week, so yeah, we'll see what happens um Mohamed Sanu to the Patriots um okay i don't I don't know how much of a move this is for him.
2: I mean, they moved a second round pick for him, so I, I don't know this is another bizarre one. To me where They already have a lot of receivers I guess this to me makes more sense for next year Than it does for this year Um, Because I think Josh Gordon Only has one year left on this contract With the Patriots So theoretically they let Josh Gordon Walk they get the compensatory pick They use it on somebody and they Already have new on the roster So you know you get a third Round compensatory pick For uh, Josh Gordon when he walks Away you're basically switching out Josh Gordon for Sanu and you're going from a second to a third, which still doesn't seem like great value to me, but you're not spending cap room on him and you still have him for another year. So
1: yeah, his production wise though, I I think if anything, this is a dip to be honest.
2: Yeah, I think so too. Cause I think, they're not the aired out offense they used to be, and there's a lot of other weapons there.
1: So Yeah, it's going to be more inconsistent. Like, like he's been pretty good this year on the Falcons. He's been pretty good.
3: Hmm. What do you think of uh, Calvin Ridley now that Sanu's not there?
1: Oh, it's got to help, right? It's got to.
3: Yeah, I mean, like this is a
2: bad time to buy Ridley because Sanu was never going to be a long, long term piece of this offense. Should have mm-hmm. been buying him when he was down this year. So, I mean what you're looking at now is a hold window. You can't really go out and buy him anywhere.
3: Well, so I've got, um, Ridley in a couple of spots and he's been up and down, you know, there's been times I've had to plug him in and then times that I'm not playing him. Do you think he becomes an auto start? Uh,
2: it's going to be between him and Austin Hooper, just continuing to get more and more volume. So, but yeah, I feel good about it for Calvin Ridley.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh that's about it for news. I did want to talk about Darnold seeing ghosts though. Um you guys see that?
3: I did. Yeah.
1: Kinda fucked up. So all right. So never mind that they just like laid him out to dry on national TV, made him look like an idiot with that, right? Uh there's all kinds of New York papers that are pissed off about that today. I get it. Um, understood. So the thing that's interesting to me is that fucking defense like was in his head that much. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, four interceptions. What, five or six sacks? Uh, zero touchdowns, zero points of any kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had like sixty yards at halftime. It, like, yikes! Fucking yikes! Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. I saw something. It was bad. Yeah, something on the defense. Uh, the Patriots have let up twenty-seven points.
1: Right, like total this year. Total, yeah. yeah and they're they, it, the last I saw number one in every statistical category on defense, um, which is terrific. Their, uh,
2: point, their point differential is the best since nineteen twenty. Jesus.
1: Jesus Christ!
2: It was the uh, Buffalo All Americans.
3: Wow. Mm, yeah. And well, as we know, when the Patriots have a good defense, they generally take it
1: pretty far. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. all right, That's it.
3: All right. Well, how about we talk about enough talk about how the Patriots did? How did we do? How did you do, Johnny, in your leagues this week?
1: Uh, I did pretty good. I got crushed in Yahoo, so my my diamond rating is going to take a bit of a hit. Um, but overall, eighteen and seven, including my third week of eight and zero in college this year. So that was pretty Damn. sweet. Two and six Yahoo, four and one sleeper, four and O dynasty, up to two twenty five in best ball and lost $14 in FanDuel. How about you guys?
2: I had a really bad week. I won five out of 11. So, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's two rough weeks in a row for me. Um, I have a lot of Chubb shares, so that, uh, and a lot of Odell Beckham. So, having both them on by wasn't good, and it was just kind of a weird week, too. Just it's
1: very weird.
0: Yeah.
2: David Johnson killed me in a couple of places. yeah. Uh, it, right. it just, wasn't great all around
1: yeah you fucked up my dfs because that was the perfect matchup that was such a juicy matchup I, I literally i went in before kickoff and reduced him from in five lineups to three and still got fucked in those three lineups you know what i mean like yeah well ugh.
2: uh we'll talk about this in a minute here too but uh i was playing against marvin jones in four leagues mm. this week. so it was, it was a bad week overall
0: yeah move
3: on
1: yeah, absolutely.
3: Yep. So John, those uh two wins you got in we're, Yahoo. We're both against you. We're both against me. <laughs> I thought we'd at least split. Like, I thought I had a good good uh good chance in the IDP Open League. You,
1: you do, but that that's my best team by far. They've got so many different ways they can hurt you. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous.
3: Yeah, like, well, I was projected to win by like 10 points or something and then you just I think you won by a, nearly a hundred. Yeah, it was bad. But what's funny is we're both one and two in that league. Right. It's a money league. Yeah. And we're just creaming the pants out of these guys.
1: Well, they didn't learn from last year. Everyone's getting safeties and linebackers Mm -hmm. and shit. And I've got Garrett Jordan and Frank Clark.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, but totally, I've got uh, seven wins this past week and eight losses. Uh, still not eliminated from my eliminator, which is getting tight. There's only um, I don't know, a few more of us, maybe six, out of all everyone that's in it. But uh, and I am doing really well in the snap league. Mm. I am like two games up.
1: Yeah, on everyone, that. you're in, you're in first place. Yeah, yeah. <sighs>
3: All right, now is the part of the show where we pair together two sets of defensive players and a set of offensive players. Uh, We talk about how we like them compared to the other, and then we put them into tweets and send them out for you guys to let us know what you think, and we'll talk about it the week after. So let's talk about last week's gut checks. Uh, We'll start off with offense. A pair of running backs, Arizona's David Johnson, Dallas's Ezekiel Elliott, with 115 votes, 76% Zeke. Mm. Nice. A uh, pair of safeties here, Cincinnati's Sean Williams and the New York Giants' Jabril Peppers. With 187 votes, 57% Jabril Peppers.
1: Oh, God. I, I'm going to puke. I'm going to yak. Blah! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: And here we are, a pair of linebackers Jacksonville's Najee Good. God. And Denver's AJ Johnson uh, with 175 votes. 75%
1: AJ Johnson. Mm, Interesting.
2: What what is your beef with Najee Good right now? What's Uh, going on with you?
1: So, so, all right. So Quincy Williams uh, started the year as the second inside linebacker, basically, next to Miles Jack, right? He ends up losing his job because he missed like nine tackles against Christian McCaffrey in that game, right? Najee Good, come, right? Najee Good comes in for him, but it wasn't like a in-between weeks thing that everyone knew about. It was like he got pulled out of the fucking game, Najee or uh, Najee Good went in for him, and then they just kept going with Najee Good and didn't tell anyone. So everyone started Quincy Williams the week after got zero, right? So now everyone figured that out. Switches to Najee Good, put him in this week. First quarter, two minutes in, he blows his ankle out. Zero points. He's gone. Quincy Williams is back in.
2: Let's go, baby.
1: Yeah. It's been, it's like a sick joke from the fantasy gods. We just can't get this fucking thing right.
3: And then you said there are people in your DMs.
1: Oh, yeah. There's all kinds of people like, what's Super Najee Good? He's got zero points. It's like, well, there's a Q next to his name. And, uh, you know, type his name, type his name in Twitter. You'll find out real quick. Mm. Like, yeah. So cool. anyway, all right. This week's. So these guys are all like within a couple points of each other. Um, first one is uh, a pair of wide receivers. First one is DJ Chark. DJ Chark, 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 do. DJ <laughs> Chark, do DJ Chark. No. <laughs>
2: I'm not doing
1: this. He's, he got crossed a, the line. he's got 33 receptions for 581 yards, five receiving touchdowns, 20 rushing yards, no fumbles lost. Up against Keenan Allen, who started hot and has just been cold as ice. 44 receptions, 564 yards, three receiving touchdowns, three rushing yards, no fumbles lost. This is actually, a, I think, a fairly good question because it's. Do you believe the recency bias? Do you believe the hype? Or do you go with the guy that's, you know, tried and true? Um, For my money, I would probably still just stick with Keenan Allen. What do you guys think?
2: Keenan Allen all the way. I am not a believer in DJ Chark. Um, He's definitely looked better than what I remember him as when I was watching his tape, but I really, really don't think that his current production is sustainable in that
1: offense. Isn't he from LSU? Yes. Okay. They don't, I mean, now they pass the ball with Burrow, but I don't remember them being much of a passing offense when shark was there. Right.
2: No, not at all, but there's still tape on him running routes and getting targeted.
1: Yeah. Okay.
3: Hmm. So I'm going to be on the other side of this one. Cause Keenan Allen's kind of been one of those, wide receivers I've stayed away from. Um, so I'm going DJ Shark on this. I have him in a few places. I don't think I have any Keenan Allen. I think I had Keenan Allen last year and it didn't work out for me. Didn't he have
2: it like an ACL? For you. No, that was like three years ago. Yeah, no, he's... he's that might right. have been the last time I had yeah, Keenan Yeah, he's been
1: Allen. all right recently. Um, he used to be a guy that got banged up like a lot. Yeah, but uh, it's weird. These guys are like a point or two apart, so we'll see how it goes. For um sure. it out. Yep. All right. Next one, pair of linebackers. These are two linebackers that are surprisingly well cemented within the top 10 of IDP linebackers this year and in fact, Jordan Hicks is number 4 overall IDP linebacker using my scoring, which is the right scoring. Uh so Kendricks on the year, 44 solo tackles, 17 assists, half a sack, nine pass defense, zero picks, one forced fumble. Going up against Jordan Hicks of the Cardinals. 38 solo tackles, 31 assists, half a sack, three pass defense, one pick, two forced fumbles. I like both these guys. I have both these guys. I trust Eric Kendricks just a little tiny bit more because Hicks is going to get injured. It's going to happen. What do you he's guys think? saying that all year. It's only, we're only seven weeks in and he's going to get injured.
2: Mm, I don't know. Give me Jordan Hicks. Uh, I really like the situation he's in, I think that there's a lot of opportunities for tackles. The offense plays pretty quick, and uh, I think that the defense is on the field a lot, so um, yeah, give me Jordan Hicks and uh, he's going to stay healthy all year.
1: Put your booty on it. No. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'll be the deciding vote on this one. I'll go safe and easy Eric Kendricks.
1: Yeah, he's actually, he's having a surprisingly good, all right, so for Minnesota, what do you think of when you think of their offense this year? Dalvin Cooks, right?
2: I Alvin? mean, it's it's been a game-to-game basis thing, but yeah.
1: In general, what kind of offense are they playing? Run the ball, time of possession, yada, yada, yada.
2: They were for a couple of games, and then they've aired it out for a couple of games. That's the weird thing, is that they've been, like, it's been a game-to-game basis type of thing.
1: Right, okay. But I I bet if you looked at all the games they've played so far this year, they've owned time of possession in the majority of them. Far more than Arizona has, let's put it that way. Um, and their defense hasn't played nearly as much as the Cardinals have, but somehow Hicks is like, or excuse me, Kendricks is like right with Hicks here. That's kind of interesting. I, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't peg Kendrick's for having this good a year, you know?
2: And I guess that to me doesn't seem sustainable because they have a lot of other pieces on their defense as well. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I, to me, I think that that's probably not a sustainable thing over the course of the year. I'm looking at a uh, time of possession right now, by the way, um, Minnesota is actually right middle of the road, uh, sitting at. Let's see. Basically 29 minutes, 48 seconds. So basically dead even.
1: Right. That's exactly half. Yep.
2: Yep. And then uh Arizona is sitting down at 26. So Arizona's definitely holding the ball for less time than Minnesota. Gotcha. So I think I think we're probably looking at a situation where <laughs> Eric Hendricks is being more efficient than what is sustainable over the course of a season if time of possession remains. Even with what it is.
1: Yeah. And the league I took this in, pass defense is like three points a pop. So, and he's got six more. So that's probably taking him up a little bit here, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All righty. Last one. <clears throat> Excuse me. Pair of cornerbacks. These guys are solidly in the top 10 of corners and they're a point or two apart. First one is Chidobi Owozier of the Cowboys 21 solo tackles, 12 assists, six pass defense, one pick. No touchdowns, no forced fumbles, versus Jair Alexander of the Packers. 16 solo tackles, tw- uh, 6 assists, no sacks, 10 pass defense, 1 pick, 0 touchdowns. I think I like... I mean, I like Owuzie as a Cowboys fan, but I like Alexander uh, for the pass defense. Like, 10 pass defense, 7 games in? That's really good.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It's really good. Yeah,
2: he's an animal. And I think... uh Rogers struggled a little bit the first couple of weeks, but I think moving forward, that offense is clicking and opposing teams are going to have to throw the ball.
1: Yeah. You lot. know, you know who else is playing really well? IDP corner wise there. Kevin King, man, like mm-hmm. playing really well. He,
2: and I think Kevin King is just getting picked on a little bit more.
1: Oh, um, I'm sure. I'm sure. And it reflects it in the points. Like he's, he's a great IDP corner real life. I don't, I have no idea. I don't care. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm going Jay or Alexander there too, just for what Sean said, uh opposing quarterbacks have to air it out and Alexander's a beast.
1: Yep. righty Did we want to cover this listener question? We totally blew past that. <laughs> oh, you are
3: very much correct. Yeah. I'll take the
2: listener question. Uh the question is From Alex. In, from Alex. Thank you. Uh, in an eight team dice league would you trade uh chase edmonds for two early 2023s, thirds which would be like having two 2020 seconds in a 10 or 12 team league? Uh absolutely yes um I don't think that he is I think he's gonna be startable as a flex this year and then I think that next year he's probably not gonna be somebody you're gonna want in your lineup and the class is really deep next year so I think like mid 2020 seconds are gonna be guys that you could potentially get production out of year one.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: Special guest. And today we'd like to welcome to the show Garrett Price uh, at Dynasty Price on Twitter. Uh, Garrett, welcome to the show. Thanks
0: so much for having
3: me, guys. Great to have you on. Um, really appreciate it. Um, so to kick off, we usually start off with, uh, some football questions, uh, your history of how you got into watching football.
0: Yeah. So I've been watching football for a long time. It was, uh, my dad always watched the Browns growing up and, uh, part of it, part of it was for me that I just wanted to like mess with my dad. So, uh, Low key, like when I was real little, I was a Steelers fan because he was a Browns fan. <laughs> so like I, I talked my mom into getting me like a Steelers coat and like all this <laughs> stuff. And my dad was super pissed. Um, so that was kind of like what really got it going. And then uh, the Browns lost their team. And so like it was kind of less fun because there was nobody to like actively root again. So but when they came back in 99, I jumped on board and I've been a been a diehard Browns fan since, which uh, is is tough to do. Um, <laughs> even. <laughs> Even when you think you're winning, you're somehow somehow still losing. Uh, so it's uh, that, that's interesting. But uh, but yeah, so I, I watched watched football starting at a young age and and fell in love with the sport. Played it all the way up through uh, high school and then into college. Played linebacker at a small school uh, called Malone University, which is actually where uh, Ashton Doolin, who plays for the Colts, uh, that's where he came from.
1: Oh, that's that's pretty cool.
0: Were, yeah,
1: were you like a middle linebacker, outside linebacker?
0: Mostly outside linebacker. Uh, did a little bit inside, but mostly outside linebacker.
1: Nice. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. So how about on the fantasy side? When did you get into that?
0: It was more like high school was when I first started get into it a little bit, like a couple of buddies of mine and I, we would, we would like draft teams and then we would lose interest by like week three and completely forget about them. <laughs> and, you know, we would argue who had the best team, but we never actually checked our scores or lineups or anything like that. Uh, then it wasn't until college that I really started taking it serious. Uh, and a buddy of mine was like, Hey, I'm going to do a dynasty league. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? He's like, no, 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 trust me. It's really cool. You like, you keep your players every year. And I was like, so you don't, draft or anything? He's like, no, 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 you do, but only the rookie. So it's like kind of like being a real GM. And I was like, okay, I'm in. (laughs) And then it got the ball rolling from there. It even had some like weird scoring uh, things like uh, it's a, it's a, and we still keep the same scoring today. It's actually a half point per completion league. Nice. I do that in
1: my home league. Yeah.
0: Love it. So it, it skews quarterback scoring so badly,
1: but it's beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. So Full dynasty. Are you guys doing like a super flex IDP or is it just like uh, PPR? What, what kind of league is it?
0: Yeah. The, the rest wasn't too crazy. Uh, it, it's just a PPR kind of small rosters. Uh, the roster size was more similar to like redraft. Like each year I keep convincing them to like add a player or two to the roster. So I think like total, we're up to like 20 players on a roster now. Uh, so I'm working my way up, but it's still, still pretty shallow overall. Um, but everything else is, is kind of basic. Um, just a lot of guys that enjoy football, a lot of my college buddies and that kind of stuff.
3: Well, so you're, you're on the IDP guys show. We got to
0: ask, do you play IDP in any of your leagues? I do. I, uh, I play in way too many leagues to begin with. Uh, so that, that is an issue. Uh, but I'm currently in two IDP leagues. Uh, no, check that. I'm in three IDP leagues right now. And they're, they're pretty deep IDP leagues. Like you start, uh, I think in both of them, you start nine defensive players. Hmm. So there's, there's quite a bit, uh, quite a bit going on with it.
2: Those, uh, dynasty or those redraft
0: dynasty. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot going on there. Nice. You guys uh, getting around
2: to the point where I'm convincing all my friends back home to start doing IDP dynasty. So we finally got that ball rolling.
1: There you go. Yeah, it's diving into the deep end. Do you guys do like corners and defensive tackles or is it like DL, LB, uh, DB type thing?
0: Yeah, that all all three of them are, are D line linebackers and then DBs.
1: Cool. Cool. Good stuff. Um, so, yeah, you
0: yeah. tend you tend to have a lot more defensive ends taken, a lot more safeties taken, obviously. But
3: yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. And we're going to toss this to Sean for players in a minute here, because I know college scouting is kind of your big thing. But I've been like super into college fantasy the last couple of years. Like I dived completely into it. And my strategy is like all Pac-12, my my team. Right. So. By 6 p.m. Eastern, it looks like I'm going to get smashed every week. And then <laughs> the Pac-12 kicks off, and I just destroy everyone. So There you go. <laughs> we talked about this a little bit before um, we kicked off here. But uh, a couple of my favorite guys, uh, LaVisca Chanel and Eno Benjamin. I saw your pinned tweet was Eno Benjamin uh, thread. Can you talk about those prospects for next year, maybe?
0: Yeah, both of those guys uh, are very talented players. It's Eno's interesting because... Uh, if he would have been in this class, he probably would have been, I, I would venture to say he might've been my RB two if he had been in the 19 class, but in this 2020 class with how deep it is right now, I think he's my RB seven, RB eight. Um, so it's, it's just a matter of, of depth of class, but he's an extremely elusive player. Um, love watching his tape. He he's so fun to watch a little bit, a little bit undersized. And I don't think he's going to necessarily tear up the combine with his 40 time, but I think he's going to be an extremely valuable tool at the next level. Seem utilized a lot uh, in third down passing roles, I think mostly, um, but he'll be just fine between the tackles as well. It's not that he's deficient there in any way, shape or form. I just think he's going to have his most value in the receiving game. Uh, and, and then uh, we've seen
2: a lot of guys, we've seen a lot of guys in recent years that are very elusive running backs that don't necessarily run well at the combine uh the guys like delvin cook uh Devin singletary both sure. guys that come to mind and i mean at least cook obviously has been very successful
0: yeah yeah and i think i think he'll have no problem being successful successful at the next level as well uh he's he really is it's it's one of the more fun highlight tapes to watch last year's tape was a little bit more fun than this year's uh because the team is just not um it's not that the team is bad. It's a, it's a good team Um, and they've actually posted a better record. Uh, But some of the other available options uh, on the offense, the line isn't nearly as good. Um, So he, he's having to run into to more stacked boxes and some of that kind of stuff. And they're just running him into the ground. They're giving him so many handoffs every game that uh, long-term, I think it would be best for his health if he came out this year uh, as opposed to wait to a senior year, but we'll, we'll see, we'll, we'll see what happens there
1: nice and how about Visca? what's your outlook on him visca visca's a beast um he is i mean
0: he's what like 6'2 220 230 uh, i mean he is just a man and but the the crazy part is he's more even though he's a very very talented receiver it's almost like he's a running back trapped inside a wide receiver's body uh he's very very physical um, very aggressive. The thing that's going to hurt him, though, is he has not been able to stay healthy. We're constantly seeing him nicked up, banged up here and there. If he could stay healthy, I think he's a lock for the first round of the NFL draft. But with all of these injury concerns, I think it's pushed pushed his stock down a little bit.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I just had I had one more, one more. Um, so Anthony Gordon, right? Obviously, everyone's on the Minshew bandwagon this year, but. Dude, I was, I was watching Minshew last year. You know what I mean? I I know what this guy's capable of and Gordon is in that same offense at Washington state and he threw nine touchdowns against UCLA and like, no one knows who this guy is. Is there any chance he gets drafted or what do you think?
0: You know what? Anthony Gordon's an interesting case. Uh, Cause you're right. It's same offense. Um, that, that Minshew was in. And I think that's going to help his case. Um, and he does have some talented players up there come, comes to mind right, right away is his uh, running back, Max Borgie. Yeah. Um, Borgie. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's 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 a nice little back there. Um, so the tough part is though, you don't see as many of the talented defensive prospects typically in the PAC 12. Um, and so I think that hurts the stock of some of these guys. I do think he ends up getting drafted. Um, but we we do see pretty good depth, especially with guys like Joe Burrow bursting onto the scene. Um, also in the pack, you have Jacob Eason, who's really kind of uh, come up boards a little bit. So I, I do think there's a chance he gets drafted, but I think we're looking more in like the sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh round.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, Sean, it's your show.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. So uh, I do want to get to the 2019 class, but uh, kind of what I want to do is talk a little bit just about... About the landscape of the 2020 class, because obviously when we're looking at it right now, we don't really know where these guys are going to land. Um, so you kind of tear them out by talent. So if you kind of want to just like walk us through how many guys right now you're thinking are like landing spot proof versus guys that you think can contribute immediately uh, if they land in the right landing spot, and just kind of like walk us through the depth of the class.
0: Yeah. So. it's tough we were talking about a little bit before we came on but I, i at first before i really really like truly dug into these guys truly started digging into the prospects, looking at, you know, all of their abilities, their traits, all this stuff. I was kind of like, man, people are talking about this, this draft class. Like it's this, you know, legendary class, like, um, you know, take the, take the 2017 running backs and take the 2014 wide receivers and put them in a class. And that's what you're getting. And, you know, it seemed, it seemed kind of over the top and the more I've dug in, it's, it's actually not as crazy as it originally sounded. Um, There's a lot of very, very talented backs. Um, So specifically looking at the running back class, because my blanket recommendation would be, even though this wide receiver class is just as talented as this running back class, there are tons of talented wide receiving prospects. With my early pick specifically in this draft, I'm probably trying to get a running back because in 2021, there's a lot of good wide receivers in the 2021 class as well. But the running back class looks much, much worse. Um, so that's just kind of a blanket statement of, of kind of how I'm looking at these upcoming drafts. And when you're kind of planning out some of your picks, uh, that's what you're looking at. So, uh, as far as the running backs go, there's kind of a a pretty clear, I think top three right now we have Deandre Swift, uh, out of, out of Georgia, you have Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin you have Travis Etienne from Clemson. Most most analysts, most Devi guys will probably tell you that's the top three. There's a few that might have a, a guy that they like a little bit better here or there. But that's kind of the, the consensus top three. And it's it's for pretty good reason. All three of these players are elite talents. All of them, I could see all three of them going in the first round of the NFL draft this year. Um, I think almost almost land, landing proof, uh, landing spot proof. Um, specifically with with DeAndre Swift more than even the other two a little bit. But uh, the other two, I'm, I'm not concerned regardless of where they go. But the cool part is all three of them get it done in different ways. They're not uh, all, all um, play their play styles in exactly the same. They're not doing all of the same things. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor, e- even though he can he can break away, he's a much stronger back, much more powerful. Uh, he gets a lot of things done between the tackles. You have DeAndre Swift. That's a little bit of a jack of all trades. Good receiving game. Um, able to make guys miss. I mean, his dead leg cut is, is a thing of beauty. Um, Travis Etienne is an absolute home run threat. Every time he touches the football, wouldn't be surprised if he's running like a 4-3-4 or something like that. I mean, he has got real track speed. And one of the things that he does beautifully is acceleration off contact. So he makes contact with the player, breaks the tackle, and gets to almost full speed instantaneously. Uh, So all three of these guys are really good. Then you have a pretty big second tier that um, I think there's going to be a lot of value. And this is where I think a lot of these guys that are kind of more fridge running backs are in danger of losing their job because depth between RB four in this class and RB eight or nine is just as good, if not better than the top three from this past class that with Miles Sanders uh, David Montgomery and Josh Jacobs. I would have Josh Jacobs just behind those three guys. And then Miles Sanders and, and David Montgomery would probably be like running backs eight, and nine or nine and 10 in this class for me. Um, so that just kind of tells you what you're looking at. And I'll, I know I don't want to take forever listing all these guys, all their attributes, but names to keep an eye on. Chuba Hubbard uh, is, is a big name. Najee Harris out of Alabama. Uh, a guy that's a little more under the radar, Keyshawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. He's a really talented player I like a lot. Um, you have, we talked about, you know, Benjamin that's going to be there. J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State has had a really good season. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of really talented players in this class.
1: What about Dylan out of uh, Boston College? Where do you got him?
0: So, A.J. Dillon's an interesting case. There are people that love A.J. Dylan and think he's the man. I am not on board the A.J. Dillon train personally. Uh watching a lot of his film, I mean he's a he's a really big back. You're looking at he's six foot tall, but he's pushing 250. Um, so he's he's a load and 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 he can he can do some interesting things. However, for a guy that's that big, I rarely ever saw him fully break a tackle. Like he would hit a guy and fall forward, but he would still end up getting wrapped up. I didn't see a ton of broken tackles uh, making a bunch of guys miss. It was more of a poor man's LeGarrette blunt to me.
2: Ooh. Sam, just the way you're describing that reminds me of my Deontay Foreman watching experience in college. Sure. It was like a really big, powerful back that just didn't break tackles.
0: Yeah. Somebody else, uh, my boy uh, Ray GQ keeps calling him TJ Duckett um and i don't think it's a compliment so. it's probably not
2: <laughs> <laughs> so once you uh, like jerry judy is obviously the clear number 1 at receiver for you right
0: he is it's it's getting closer but he is he is my wide receiver yes. one
2: okay so if you're in favor of going running back early in this class i guess your next group of wide receivers behind jerry judy where where do you start considering drafting them given that you've got that whole second tier of like running backs 8 to 9
0: you know yeah um th- there are a couple in there that i would would sprinkle in i mean at some point you you do have to take into account best player available um and so you you don't want to drop tiers just to get a running back that isn't actually talented. And, and sometimes I even end up being best player available to a fault. And so sometimes I, you know, have to, to deviate from that. Um, but yeah, so we have Jerry Judy. I do think he'll end up being the top receiver in this class, but where we were looking at, you know, even six months ago where it was Jerry Judy and then everybody else, I do think that gap is closing. You have CD lamb out of Oklahoma, really big talented player can go up and get the ball, make guys miss. He's really flashed, really impressed uh, so far this season. Uh, You have a guy like Jalen Rager at a TCU, smaller player, uh, but he's extremely explosive. They just don't know how to pass the ball there. Right, so,
1: right. They don't uh, use him well at all there. It's ridiculous.
0: It's it's really frustrating uh, because you saw some of the stuff that he did last year.
1: Yeah. And even
0: in his few opportunities this year, you know, he's making crazy plays. But I mean, they're they're ending games with like eight completions and stuff like that. So um, you, you might end up actually getting a nice little value boost uh, because he's going to fall, I think, somewhat in drafts because of his poor production this year, you'll be able to sneak in and and grab him. But um, T Higgins out of Clemson's another really talented player. Go up and get the ball. Um, I'm trying to think. I I think that would kind of be that, oh, Brian Edwards out of South Carolina. I do like Brian Edwards a lot. Uh, He's been a little underrated in the class, but he's been tearing up some of these SEC uh, DBs. And even though he's not the fastest guy in the class, he still seems to get good separation with his route running. Uh, and I like him, uh, in the open field. He's done, done good with contested catches. So I think he could be a talented player as well.
2: Where does, uh, Henry Ruggs fall for you in that?
0: Oh yeah. Henry Ruggs. So Henry Ruggs is really good. Um, I, I probably should have mentioned him, uh, with these guys. And I think on speed alone, he might end up being in the first round of NFL drafts. Um, the, there was a, there was a play a few weeks ago where he caught a pass, uh, and did a full 360 turn and still somehow the DB still never even touched him. Like, I don't, I don't know how in the process of, of completely spinning around that the DB didn't like close the gap, but he's just that fast. I mean, there are rumors and granted, these are just rumors that you see from like a pro football talk and stuff like that. But there are people that are saying that he will run sub four, three. So we're talking in the four twos, which is just absolutely absurd. It'd be crazy.
2: Yeah. I was watching the play where, um, he chased down the defensive back on the interception. Oh yeah. I think that was, think that was last week. and was like, came from totally off screen and just yeah. like, chased him down. Like it was nothing.
0: Yeah. Dude, dude's a freak when it comes to that. And the thing I like about him, whereas some of these receivers in the past, it's like, Oh yeah, he's really fast. There's more to his game than just being really fast. He's actually got really good hands. Um, there, there's a lot of little nuances to his game. He could he could improve his route running some. There's there's some things to work on, but it's not just like oh yeah he's really fast and then there's really nothing else. He's he's a really good football player.
1: I, I've got a weird one for you. This is one of my favorite, okay. favorite guys, Lynn Bowden.
0: Lynn Bowden out of out of
1: Kentucky. <laughs> yes, sir. He plays a little quarterback too. <laughs>
0: You know what? Yeah. They're utilizing him all over the place. Uh, he's one of the guys that's on my list to look into more. Uh, I haven't done a a ton of tape on him yet, so I don't want to give an unaffirmed opinion, but from what I've seen of, of some of the highlights and stuff, he's, he's an explosive athlete. I'm excited to really dig into him more.
1: Yeah. And his back score is so weird every week. It's, it's like, you never know what you're going to (laughs) see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of like LaVisca in that sense.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: So going beyond just like the top names who are, uh, we're a couple of guys that are kind of like quiet sleepers right now that you think we're going to see kind of rise as the process goes. Cause there's always those guys that, you know, nobody's really paying attention to. And then once we start getting into everybody digging in into tape and the senior bowl and all that stuff, they start to kind of rise to the top.
0: One guy that, um, I seemingly is in no one's like top 10, top 15 wide receivers. And I'm really surprised by it. I don't know if it's just because this team has been so bad these past few years. Um, but to Terry and Terry uh, from Florida state, real big wide receiver. Um, I mean, he's, he's like six, four, but his, he, is constantly finding the end zone. I mean, the dude just has a nose for the end zone. The crazy part is over the past, uh, and I'm probably gonna get some of the nuances of the stat incorrect, but it's something to the extent of over the past two seasons, he's had like 14 touchdowns or something like that. And uh, the average uh, the average length of the score that that he's had on those plays is like over 40 yards. Like he's just, he's a big play waiting to happen but he's got that big physical contested catch, traditional X receiver size. So I am surprised more people aren't talking about him. He's actually just outside my top five uh, at wide receiver. And and he's not really getting a lot of love right now. Uh, I get it. Cam Akers takes up a lot of that love and, and and he's a talented player in his own right. Uh, But tomorrow Terry is, is a really good wide receiving prospect um, that I'm excited to see a little bit more from Uh, another guy that, is rising up boards. And I think people are starting to know he's had a quiet past couple weeks. Uh, but Kylan Hill out of Mississippi state uh, is a, is a talented running back. And I, I didn't love his tape last year, uh, but I watched more of his 2019 tape and he's really seen, he, it really seems like he, he did some work in the off season, looks more explosive, looks like he's, he's making some better decisions. So I don't know if he spent time watching tape and kind of evaluating some stuff in his game, but he's really jumped off the screen a lot more for me this year than he did last year. So he's another one that's rising up boards. That's not a huge name yet.
2: Yeah. So before we call it quits for the night, I do want to get into some of the 2019 players because it's, people are already ready to throw out bust labels on players and throw. Oh yeah. It's just too early for that. So just kind of, looking at how guys have done this year, are there any guys that you think have gotten cheaper since the draft that you're looking to go out and acquire from that 2019 class and just kind of give us an idea of what you would pay in 2020 picks, given how valuable those picks are right now?
0: Yeah. So one guy that I've loved from day one, and and I'm pretty sure that we we've even talked about him on Twitter and, and, and whatnot, but I love JJ Arcega-Whiteside. white side. Uh, really, really talented wide receiver. Loved everything I saw on tape. Part of it was we knew that this was going to be, especially when we saw that he landed in Philly, that this was going to be a little bit of a waiting game. Uh, you know, he—it's going to take some time for him to develop. It's going to take some time for him to get acclimated to the NFL game. Uh, and there's there's other wide receivers ahead of him. So I do think that JJ Arcega-Whiteside has uh, the ability uh, to be able to be a wide receiver too in this league. I've, I've yet to see someone uh, be able uh, specifically a wide receiver. I've seen it some more out of the tight end position, but the ability to be able to box out a player in the end zone and high point the football was just, uh, he did it flawlessly. It's Um, like a Madden cheat code in college. It really was like, he was just, he was so impressive with that. Uh, So he's definitely a guy that I'm looking to acquire another player that I think could end up having a, a second half of the year surge uh, that hasn't really broken out, so to speak, yet is Justice Hill uh, with Baltimore. I, he he was okay on tape. I didn't love his tape. I didn't hate his tape, but he was kind of a hand in glove fit for what I think they want to do in this offense. And you know, Mark Ingram's had a good season, so I think that's held him at bay a little bit. But I wouldn't be surprised uh, if they if they try to get uh, Justice Hill more touches in the in in the coming weeks uh, and utilize him in the in the passing game a little bit more because similar to Lamar Jackson, similar to Marquise Brown. I mean, this dude has some real legitimate speed.
2: Yeah, he's a weapon in the passing game too. And I'd, I'm actually really surprised they haven't tried to get him involved at all.
0: Yeah, it, it is surprising to me. I, I think he would do really well.
2: So were you on the Nkila Harry train? I know I wasn't, but it, there, it was pretty consensus that he was a 101 before the injury or pretty close to this.
0: I was, um, yes, I was to an extent, um, AJ Brown was my favorite wide receiver just on tape. He was the one that I liked the most. I had Nikhil Harry second. Um, and then, uh, I still don't know how this is going to work out. And maybe I need to reevaluate my process after this, but Hakeem Butler was third and then JJ or Whiteside was fourth. Uh, so I don't know Hakeem Butler. Uh, obviously, he's been battling injuries and whatnot. But, but yeah, I had Nikhil Harry second. Uh, so I don't know if maybe I didn't buy into the hype quite as much. But then when he ne- landed in New England, I ended up moving up to him up to one.
2: Yeah, see, and I guess Nikhil Harry was never somebody that I really enjoyed his tape that much. Uh, and I actually didn't like the New England landing spot as much. But so, uh, speaking to someone that is a uh, Nikhil Harry fan, what would you? pay to go and acquire him
0: right now? You might be able to actually get him surprisingly for a 2022, uh, with how much, how high the hype is right now. A savvy owner won't do that. Um, realizing that, you know, two months ago they paid, you know, a top four pick probably in order to acquire him. So most guys won't. Uh, but the recency bias and the impatience of owners is, is always something I underestimate. So uh yeah you might be able to get him for a second more than likely you would have to give up a first and i don't know that i'd be willing to give up a first to acquire him at this point
2: okay so you're kind of on the like you're not willing to buy at his
0: projected current price right now correct correct yeah if i have him i'm holding um which it's funny because even though i had him that high He, I actually don't have any Nikhil Harry shares, which is really interesting. I think I ended up drafting those running backs before him. And then I liked him even with the landing spot. I liked him similar to J.J. I liked him similar to Debo. I liked him similar to AJ Brown. And so I usually just traded down and ended up getting one of those guys later.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I had all those guys ahead of him, so um, I wasn't going to land him anywhere. But um, then the last one I'll ask, Hakeem Butler, what, uh, what would you be willing to offer to try and acquire him?
0: Uh he's gonna be, I think he's only gonna get cheaper because I'm not even sure that he's going to play this year. So I would probably wait at this point and I'd I'd even wait till maybe right before the deadline to try to acquire him. And I would actually, I mean, if it was just straight up, I'd be fine using if if you're a contender and you know your pick's gonna be towards the very end, I'm okay with a super late second, you know, if it's two eleven, two twelve. I'd feel more comfortable with like an early third was, it would be what I would feel more comfortable with the sky's the limit for that guy. Uh, And if he can really get the, the Larry Fitzgerald tutelage, uh, he's such a big physical imposing receiver, better speed than people expected when he went to the combine. I really like a lot of stuff there, but man, is he raw? I mean, he is really, really raw. And so he's, he's got a lot of learning to do. So we'll see what ends up happening with him. But on upside alone, I think he's worth that early, for, or early third, late second range.
2: The draft capital with him was just such a head scratcher. Like you'd think teams would be, want to get on board with that, like a big, yeah. athletic receiver. I it just it didn't make any sense to me when he fell all the way to the fourth.
0: Yeah, that was that was puzzling. I I I had him pegged as a late second, uh, early third at at worst, and so when he fell to the fourth, I was I was really puzzled. Yeah. I had a
2: second round grade on him. And it's a, uh, it's strange because there've been a couple of guys like that in the last few years. Like Auden Tate was another one that he went undrafted and that was just such a head scratcher to me. And now he's starting and playing yeah. well. Yeah. It just like, I don't understand how teams don't see that potential and don't want to try and utilize those tools.
0: Yeah. I mean, a guy that's that big, that physical, I mean, he, I mean, he was showing some of the, granted, he's never going to reach these levels, but he was showing some of that, what, what Calvin Johnson was. I mean, he had some of those types of imposing tools. Um, so I, I don't get why you wouldn't try to groom that and see if you can get 50% of what Megatron was. Uh, why wouldn't you try to do that?
2: Especially when you're getting down into like the sixth round and stuff. It's like, man, these guys aren't even going to make your roster. Why not take a shot on somebody that has very real legitimate potential? Yep. So um, I, uh, I screwed up and I did not hold my on date shares the last couple of years. I, I got a lot of them and then I didn't hold any of them. So oh, bummer. I think, I, think I've, yeah, I think I've got them in one league now after all of this. So it's pretty disappointing. But uh, before we get on to the uh, end of the interview here, you got anybody else you want to talk about? You want to talk about uh, some of the stuff you're working on over at Dynasty Nerds?
0: Sure. Yeah, we're uh, we're going on quite a few different things. We actually just released something this week for for our NerdHerd members we uh we kind of have a, a film room now. And so we're uh, getting a, a bunch of tape and stuff like that, trying to put them all in one place. That way it's, it's accessible for everybody. Uh, we already have a bunch of 2020 players and even some 21 and 22 tape up for some of these guys. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be a really valuable tool. Cause I know for a lot of us, we're, we're scouring YouTube and trying to find different tape in different places. This will be a one-stop place where you can get four, five, six videos, um, that are all cut up just specifically of that player to be able to look through and watch. So that's something that we just recently launched and, and we're pretty excited about. That That's
3: pretty awesome. Yeah. That reminds me of the old, um, <clears throat> was that draft, draft breakdown? breakdown? Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Uh, are you guys trying is that what you're trying to kind of replace? Because I know that's been that was huge in the dynasty or the uh, NFL draft community.
0: Yeah, um, you know, I never actually had the had the pleasure of being able to use that, um, but from what I've heard, it, it's it's in a similar vein. Nice.
3: Yeah,
2: that was uh, that was something where the void was definitely felt last year when Draft Breakdown disappeared. Um, so having that over at Dynasty News would be huge
0: yeah so we're, we're we've already got about 30 some prospects up the goal the goal is to have 60 or more prospects up with a minimum of four videos each if not five or six so
3: yeah
2: no that's awesome
3: awesome well thank you so much jared to find you on twitter at dynasty price you're writer with dynasty nerds so thank you so much for coming on the show
1: thanks for having me guys <laughs> thank
3: you So here we are, another week in the books, and time to talk some steak and salad. Um, Johnny, what's your steak this week?
1: My steak this week was prime rib, grade A. Doug Peterson, guaranteeing a win, then getting his asshole blasted in on national television, Sunday night football, DeMarcus, uh, Jesus Christ, Lawrence, wow, I almost said where, that's, she did. Yeah, that's old Cowboys. <laughs> Demarcus Lawrence with the uh, sack strip fumble like immediately. He was one of the guys that was pissed when this guarantee thing came out and he came and played like he was pissed and just put this thing to bed immediately. They scored 14 points in the first five minutes. This thing was over before it started. And Peterson looks like an idiot. That was my steak. Hmm.
2: Uh, mine was Mariota getting benched because finally, uh, my boys, uh, Corey Davis and AJ Brown get to breathe.
1: I'm with you. I'm with you. It's nice to see Davis actually have like a real quarterback and see what he can do, or a semi-real quarterback. See what he can yeah. do. Yeah, realish. Realish. Yeah. Yep.
3: Uh, so my stake is somehow being two games up and and in first in the snap league.
1: Nice. So that's that's a bitch of a league to figure out week to week.
3: I only have one lineup. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have any depth.
1: (laughs) Right? No, that's that's usually how it goes. Is I don't have any choices. (laughs) I just go with what 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 I can do.
3: I had two guys on (laughs) bye, and I still beat Dougie by twenty points. Jesus. Um, I made a trade for Sly. Mm, mm -hmm. I traded Tampa Bay's defense for Sly, Mm. and that was probably the best move I. I made right at the beginning with, from, with Trader Joe. And, um, yeah, I've just been, I've had one
1: loss. Yeah, Trader Joe had a good strategy. Um, he doesn't have enough kicking, though. MV Prater, man, he's he's got me in the hunt.
3: Yeah.
1: All right, salad. Um, toss that salad. Yeah, Matt, Matt Ryan, <clears throat> negative points this week. That uh, That's a toss salad right there. And the ankle injury, uh, not great as well. I need him to be healthy.
2: Uh my salad is line season being <clears throat> actually over.
1: Mm. Yeah.
2: I uh I think they got 11% chance of uh making the playoffs now. It's just not looking good. They've a really easy schedule coming up, but man, their defense is trash. Real absolute trash. It's really bad.
3: So what's interesting is have we not come full circle? Cuz What do you mean? Beginning of the season? Uh, me and you both were like in the dumps with this team. Yep. And then somehow we rose from the ashes and uh, caught the hype, drank the Kool-Aid. And then here we are yep. coming back to where we started.
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess the thing was, was that we were losing some games, but we were playing being really close with some really good teams. Mm -hmm. You need to beat teams like the Vikings though. Like I think they definitely should have beaten the Vikings. Um, and then they should have beaten the Packers. So how much do
3: you think it's, um, coming off the Packers game being deflated and just not being able to,
2: I mean, if you're going to get deflated off a game like that, you don't deserve to make the playoffs.
3: Well, of Mm -hmm. course, no, that's, that's absolute, but it, it just, um, Maybe it just shows a lack of maturity.
1: You know on what? The team, you guys had some some serious injury issues this game though, too. True. Carry on, snacks. Um, someone else went down too, right?
2: Uh, th- none of those were the issue though. The issue is is that they can't rush the passer, and if yeah. you can't rush the passer, and you're going to give the quarterback like the secondary is top five in the NFL, and they were set up to basically force coverage sacks, which is what they did last year. But their pass rush is so fucking bad that regardless of having a top five secondary, they can't even get coverage pressures. Like they can't even get somebody to like rush the quarterback a little bit. So I don't know. This was a, this was my issue with the team before the season started Uh before the off season started, they didn't address it. They should have taken Brian Burns in the draft. Mm. They didn't. And uh, here we are. And the season looks like it's lost. And, so.
1: and you know what's funny? Patricia fell for the old Patriots, uh, you know, a uh, free agent shenanigans that everyone falls for. Trey, Trey Flowers, he's going to be great. <laughs> nope. And, and <laughs> he's great I, on the Patriots.
2: <laughs> I think that he can probably do what Patricia needs him to do, but everybody else has to be able to rush the passer. And if they're not going to be able to, you need somebody that can rush the passer. And that's not Trey Flowers.
1: Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, all right.
3: Um so lot, my think. salad yeah. is um Sam Darnold almost costing me a matchup. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh so I went into Monday night. I was up twenty points and Scott Fishbowl. Um going against someone that was ahead of me. Like we we were uh both four and two, but this was my shot to to move up in the rankings. And um he had Edelman going and then I had Darnold and James White. And if it wasn't for James White, and I actually thought about this before, I was like, I kind of want to sit Darnold and just not start a second quarterback. Yeah, and I should have.
1: You got to seriously look at that with this defense this week. All right, so your league, your home league, I've mm-hmm. got um, uh, the cute guy Minshew, mm. and um, and that loser that played on Oklahoma, just call him the cute guy. Yeah, Minshew. Um, and that loser that was on Oklahoma. <laughs> What's his name? Um, Mayfield. Mayf- I've got Mayfield, yeah, um, and Mayfield's so going. Quit this <laughs> Mayfield's going against the Patriots. Fuck that shit, man. I'm yeah. starting Minshew. Are you? Are you crazy? Are you fucking? Your, are you out of your mind? I'm not starting Mayfield against the Patriots. He's gonna get his asshole blasted in. It's not even gonna be. Good. It's not even gonna be good at all.
3: <laughs> so okay, so here's a question. I actually just got this floated across here. Um, in the dynasty, uh, Gardner Minshew for a. Oh Jesus Christ! Twenty twenty-one second round draft pick. Uh, Did uh, Minshew just with the t- die? <clears throat> with the t- Twenty
1: 2022. Yeah, yeah. You want next year's draft? Not. No,
3: no, no. I would get Minshew.
1: Oh, that's
3: what I'm saying. Mm. I actually just realized that was two pick two years away. But.
1: Mm. And so you're not trading the 2020 either.
3: No. Is
2: it super flex or no?
1: Um. L.I.? No, that's uh, regular. Yeah, yeah. It's regular. It's Uncube. Un un. Yeah, I mean, it, it's
2: not It's not a bad offer. I don't like trading second-round picks for quarterbacks in one-QB leagues. Because um, I'd much rather, like, the quality of quarterback you're going to get uh, for a second-round pick is, like, league average and that's not what you want to be starting mm-hmm. um so i think you're better off trying to draft a quarterback in the second round Cause like i was saying about tight ends earlier the wide receivers and running backs are so loaded in this class that quarterbacks and tight ends are going to be second round picks uh in one qb and non-tight end premium leagues
1: and there are a couple decent tight ends coming out that uh that guy with the crazy name i uh, a Waka wakawam from Missouri or whatever. And sure. Seriously. And Parkinson from Stanford. And
2: yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's a, uh, it's not nearly as good a class as the last few that we've looked at. Um, but there are definitely some players coming out.
3: Yeah. So for this team, I've got, uh, Jimmy G Matt Stafford and drew Locke as my quarterback. Mm, yeah, there's,
2: there's no reason in a one QB league to trade a second round pick for another quarterback. Gotcha.
3: All right. So let's do a week in review. Uh, we'll go through our over exceeded met expectations and underperformed. Johnny.
1: Uh, overproduced this week. Frank Clark. <laughs> overproduced. Fucking finally. I've been writing in that stupid article every week that this is going to happen <laughs> all year.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Frank. So, so let, for our podcast <laughs> listeners, let's mm. give a little bit of the Easter eggs that you've been oh, dumping. Into okay. Those.
1: So Sean, have you ever seen the Tim and Eric show? Yeah. You know, the I sit down when I pee song. Yep. I translated that into German and hit it throughout my article.
2: Oh my God.
3: <laughs> that's not
2: it like he's that, uh,
1: he's been doing some stuff with captions people have been
3: catching on to it it's become like a thing
1: yeah yeah i've been doing some some stuff it's it's interesting i it, it's it's boring writing the same shit every week and if i'm gonna do it i'm gonna have fun with it you know what i mean mm-hmm. so so there's a great
2: i saw the bill Cart cartwright one so nice so <laughs> it's
1: okay so there's a great getty images picture of snacks like squatting like he's taking a shit right and my caption every week since since that picture was taken in like week two or three is the same every week when I do the Lions. And it says Damon Harrison takes a shit on the field in front of thousands of horrified fans. Detroit, USA, circa
3: 2019. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The things we do.
1: Anyway, uh, yeah. overproduced. Frank Clark. Tyler Davidson, do you do you guys even know who that is? Tyler spelled weird, Davidson.
2: What do you mean spelled weird?
1: T Y E L E R, Davidson N- with no D either, Davidson.
2: Yeah, Davidson's a real name, but uh, <laughs> I thought you were just gonna spell Tyler like most people spell Tyler. I was no. just wonder how. You spell Tyler. No, he's
1: got an extra E. Um, do, do you guys know who this is? I don't know. This is, this is how deep I look into defensive tackles. This is like the second or third defensive tackle on the Atlanta Falcons.
3: <laughs> okay. So when he overperformed, what did he get? Like a
1: tackle? Yeah, oh, he had like five or six combined tackles. Mm. But, but it was a bye week in a start three defensive tackle, all IDP, 16 team league, and I started him so it it overperformed. There you go. And Pierre Desir, cornerback Colts. What do you guys got?
2: Uh, Marvin Jones, four touchdowns. Mm. Probably don't expect that again. Chase Edmonds killed it this week. Not
3: expecting that going forward. Do you expect him to be startable?
1: He's, he, okay, so the few weeks before that, he's been putting up some decent numbers.
3: I can
2: see him as a flex starter. Uh, I think people are going to overpay for him. Yeah. And if you're looking at dynasty, then you're looking at somebody who I don't think is a long-term answer there.
3: Mm. Interesting. Okay. Uh, So my (coughs) overperformed coming from the LA Rams to the Baltimore Ravens, Marcus Peters with a interception, 67 yards to the house. Yeah. Which that that was nice. Yeah. I mean, First off, you're not going to get that, like, often, but the fact that he was able to make that bi-coastal move and uh, come out and do something to affect the game. Yeah. And keep uh, getting points for his owners.
1: Right. All right, met expectations. Demarcus Lawrence met my expectations this week. Uh, Justin Simmons, also, and Tremaine Edmonds, also. John.
2: Uh, Saquon Barkley is his week back mm. Met expectations I'd like to see him get a little more involved In the passing game but I don't know It was like 18 points or something like that And uh, Josh Jacobs continues to play Really well Nice. So. nice. Uh,
3: so mine Is a spot start I put in Max Crosby this week mm. And he got me A sack, a tackle, and a tackle for a loss I'm sure that was all in one play But it was enough to uh give me 8 points and i was looking back and he's been pretty consistent right at that like either like he'll get a sack he'll get a few t- tackles like he's been doing enough to fill that mm, kind of uh, second defensive lineman uh maybe third dl line spot but i like yeah, wanting really
2: in dynasty. yeah
1: he, going forward
2: uh, i like to stay a lot super athletic
1: mhm uh, underproduced Sheldon Rankins, nothing zero of any kind. That was not great. I haven't, you know, really looked at that yet. I'm betting it's playing time because he was only at like 40% of snaps last week. Uh, Jared Davis in a pretty ideal matchup with pretty good playing time, nothing. Uh, mm. well, I mean, something, but not what we wanted. And Fred Warner also not what we wanted. Gone.
2: Uh, two tight ends here uh two of my three most owned tight ends across all my leagues Uh, i think i have one of these guys in every single league i'm in uh mark andrews and evan ingram both sucked this week
1: Mm. ingram was having a tough game penalties drop balls everything it was not great yeah Mm. uh
3: so mine is tedrick thompson two tackles just didn't really do it for me yeah so with that, uh, let's get into the shotgun waiver segment.
2: On oh, that offense. Uh, Ty Johnson. Yes, definitely worth a pickup. Um, be aware that they may assign somebody else, but, uh, just in case they don't worth a pickup, JD McKissick, his role is probably not going to change with carry on Johnson going, uh, Kenny Stills probably don't need him. Philip Dorsett probably don't need him. Zach Pascal, probably don't need him. Kareem Hunt, definitely worth a pickup. Matt Moore, only in Superflex. Mark Walton, worth a pickup. Amendola, probably not. Janu Smith, pending Delaney Walker's injury. Uh, if we're talking redraft only, Dynasty, you definitely should take a look. Jai, worth thinking about. Um, I don't know whether you'll get a payoff there or not, but it depends if you have somebody droppable. Luke Wilson, yeah, tight ends suck this year. It's worth it. Benny Snell, maybe. Uh, ben Watson, no. Dell Scottdard, maybe. Uh, Mike Gesicki, yeah, I think I'm on board with that now. Chase Edmonds, yeah, if he's on your waivers, pick him up. Gerald Everett should already have been picked up. Corey Davis never should have been dropped. Uh, Marquez Veld is scantling, definitely worth a shot. Kiki Kute, worth a shot.
1: Cool. All right, defensive waivers. Uh, You know, the vast majority of this will be in the article on Thursday. But uh, Demarcus Walker, Broncos, was only at 30-something percent of snaps the last few games, but was getting a sack, so everyone was talking about him. He shot up to 51% this week. Still got a sack, so good idea if you need defensive end help. Here's what happened with John Johnson gone. Sean McVay said, Marquis Christian is the guy. It was not. It was Taylor Rapp. Taylor Rapp, 98% of snaps. Eric Weddle 84% and Marquis Christian 80% and rap moved to strong safety. Go get yourself some Taylor rap. Uh, hmm.
2: hmm. What? I feel like I feel like one of us has been saying that since the year started.
1: Yeah, yeah but if did you know John Johnson was going to go out for the year? Like, come on. He's
2: been he's been playing all year though, man. He's been averaging like 5 tackles a game.
1: Yeah. Whatever. he's good now (laughs) give me the win give me the win fine you can have it uh all right so milano has been injured he was out this week with milano out lorenzo alexander moved into a spot played 96 percent of snaps had a massive week so it's like a short-term thing until milano comes back but sure if you need help now uh, lorenzo alexander not a bad idea Najee Good, Quincy Williams, I explained that fucking situation earlier. Um, I don't know. I don't fucking know. All right. Stop asking me. Stop asking me. Go get someone else. (laughs) Jelani Tavai, up to 82% of snaps this week. Surprising, right? Um, So he's back. Uh, BJ Goodson has been steadily rising in snaps. Oren Burks is not going to be a thing. Uh, Goodson's starting to get some numbers now that his playing time's coming up. So if you need some linebacker help, deeper leagues, not a bad idea. Patrick Peterson came back from suspension this week, had a great game. If you need cornerback help, that's not a bad spot at all. Jaron Reed came back, defensive tackle for the Seahawks this week, played 85% of snaps, didn't do much, but he will, and he's got the playing time. So grab him if you need defensive tackle help. JPP should be back this week or next. Grab him if you need defensive end help. David Mayo dropped like a rock to 46% of snaps this week. His production suffered as well. I don't know what's going on with that. Um, Could be Tay Davis. Could be the matchup. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's risky. So keep that in mind if you want to keep playing him. Matt Ionitis, this guy, this guy right here. Fucking great waiver wire defensive end pickup. Had uh, led the Redskins in tackles um, as a defensive end. I believe he did anyway. I don't know. Um, He was up there. He had a really nice week. Wesley Woodyard, continue to play him if Jayon Brown continues to be injured. Unfortunately, Kiko Alonso saw some more time this week. He's up to uh, 60% of uh, snaps. That could be a matchup thing because they were against the Bears who generally like to run a lot. I don't know. We'll have to keep an eye on it. But if you're super desperate, Kiko might be worth a shot. Josh Bynes continues to be a thing with Anrasour out. He only had 75% of snaps, but he had a good game. Uh, With Nigel Bradham out, Nathan Gary is a thing. He played 100% of snaps, had a really good game. Uh, Sean Lee, if LVE is out, is a good option, but LVE should be fine. Um, Neville Hewitt was out this week. Blake Cashman took his spot, played 90% of snaps, had a really nice game. CJ Mosley, 83% of snaps in his first game back underperformed, underwhelmed, but he'll be fine. They're just easing him back in, and that is Defensive Waivers.
2: Johnny the Greek.
3: Brought to you by a special partnership with StatementGames.com, a DFS-style game centered around Vegas betting. Join us playing this free game that allows you to rank statements by confidence to win coins. Coins can be exchanged for gift cards, but don't forget to spin the wheel for more free coins each day. This season, the IDP guys will be partnering for the Sunday night game contest and giving away merchandise uh, to the tournament winner. Johnny will be highlighting his top three statements each week for this tournament and keeping track how he does each week. So Johnny, how'd you do last Sunday?
1: I think I had eight points. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. We're we're getting up there. Um, I don't know. It's fun. I like it. I'm just not very good at it. Um. But this week, all right, what do we got? We got the Packers, and we've got KC. That's, ooh, that's actually, it's a nice game. Even, ah, fucking Matt Moore, though. Yeah. Ugh, gross. But still, there could be some ooh. points here. This feels like an over. This feels like an over. I don't know, though. This might just be a Green Bay over. So, my most confident statement this week is Green Bay Packers defense over one and a half turnovers. It's Matt Moore. Yep. You know what I mean? They're going to sack him. They're going to pick him off. Uh, you know, I could see a fumble, a strip sack, that type of thing. Uh, with Preston Smith, Zedarius Smith, that pretty decent secondary. Blake Martinez, they're just going to have their way, I feel like, with this Casey offense in quotations. Hmm. Um. So, yeah, that's my most confident pick. Aaron Rodgers, over 23.5 completions. The Chiefs don't really have a defense. I mean, they made Flacco look bad, but Flacco is bad. So, you know, makes sense. Uh, I feel like Rogers is gonna torch them. So, over twenty three and a half completions and over two point five touchdown passes. Uh, I feel like Packers are just gonna destroy them. hmm Yeah. Yeah. They kind of op- Kansas City defense doesn't really
3: stop anybody.
1: Right. I mean, in okay. I, so I understood the Denver thing. That's in division. They see those guys twice a year. They know how to beat them, and Flacco's not very good. But Packers, that's just a whole other can of worms. How do you guys think that game's going to go?
3: What's the Uh, maximum touchdowns a quarterback's ever had?
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) I don't know that it's going to be that bad. Kansas City's pass defense isn't nearly as bad as what you think it is. I don't think um, I'm looking at DVOA here real quick. Uh, let's see. Where's Kansas city. Yeah. Kansas city is top five in past defense uh, DVOA. It looks like their past defense is actually okay. It's the run defense. That's trash.
1: Mm. Mm. Okay. So maybe um, Jones and uh, Williams there.
3: Yeah. Maybe they'll just, Go up the gut a lot. But who, uh who have
1: they all right, so they've played the Texans. Who else have they played? Colts. Colts just ran. Oh yeah, Colts ran on them. Colts I mean, Colts the, ran on the Lions. Them good.
2: The Lions wrecked their pass defense pretty good, and they're still ranked fourth in uh passing DVOA.
3: I wonder what that looks like though, after um the Lions played them, because didn't the Colts do a fairly similar game script? I mean, I mean, the
1: and then one like they, very similar,
2: won. they played very similar defense, right? But, they, they
1: ran, they ran the shit out of yeah, that. Ball. Yeah. yeah, they controlled right. time of possession. They, they, See, whereas, they ran the whole whereas fourth Lions quarter,
2: did, whereas Lions did the opposite. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, they're uh, for DVOA, they're. Pass defense ranks fourth while their rush defense ranks twenty-ninth.
1: Mm. Gotcha. Well, Green Green so, that's the that's the difference of Green Bay this year, too, is they can kill you both ways. Yeah. yeah.
3: So, All right. Well, so make sure that if you want to play with us uh, on statement games, go to idpguys.org, click the banner at the top. That will bring you right into their website, and you can very quickly create a, an account and get playing in our Sunday night game uh tournament winners uh will get a uh I think last week was a
1: Philly like, yeah, like a, a regular a, a regular hat and a winter hat
3: yeah was that a regular yeah. hat winter hat yep. and then they were doing some jerseys before that right um so there's always something to to give away plus you
1: get coins
3: you get coins and then the coins you can turn in for, for, gift, cards. for gift cards so right. and it's all free you don't have to put a credit card in
1: yep it's you, you don't even have to create an account you just log in with your google or facebook
3: right just boom. It takes two seconds right and everyone that we've been getting into play in our group they continue to play and they enjoy it so uh we're all playing so jump in there and just enjoy it but johnny Take us uh, home with the rest of your picks this week.
1: Yeah, we're up to nine and five on the air, boys. Uh, nice. We're on a little bit of a hot streak. So New Orleans was getting three and a half in that game. Can you believe that shit?
3: Damn.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was pretty easy. And then Sean doubted my Patriots minus nine and a half pick. <laughs> How's my ass taste, Sean?
2: was. <laughs> yes. That was a good call. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: I feel less confident about this week's. Um, (laughs) All right, so I got L.A. Rams minus 13 at Bengals in London. The London thing, I don't know. That always makes for a weird game. Mm -hmm. And the Rams have been kind of bipolar this year. Uh, But it's the Bengals. Yeah. Right? Could be a trap. Could be a trap. I don't know. What do you guys think? Is it a trap?
3: I don't know. Joe
2: Mixon's going to rush for three yards with 75 yards after contact.
1: I fucking hope so. He needs to do something. And uh, the other one I took is Colts minus six at Broncos. Colts defense is playing lights out these past few games. Um, I think they're just going to shut down the Broncos and have their way with them. Hmm. That's
3: it. righty. Well, make sure you're following us on Twitter at IDP guys individually. We are at Nate cheat. John is at Orange Man 3142 and Sean is at Lanny 1925. Subscribe to the show, go to the website idpguys.org. On the sidebar, there are multiple links for Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, and an RSS feed for the podcatcher of your choice. While you're there, become a subscriber. Join uh for a dollar a month. Yearly option there as well. Get access to uh we've got a trade calculator. We've got a lot of data Um, IDP information, ADP uh, rankings, as well as a Slack channel that you can become a part of and get all your questions answered because our guys are there all the time. Um, Also we have, uh, we're still kicking it with the YouTube channel. We've got multiple videos going up each week. Uh, F3 podcast rated IDP live Tyler's uh, vital fantasy football information um, we're starting to upgrade some of these videos. I did, uh, some intros and outros for, um, Tyler's podcast, which, uh, came out very well. And, uh, we also do Sunday morning start sits. Uh, we've missed the last two weeks because of personal reasons. Uh, but we will be getting back on that this week. Um, Sean is part of that if he ever wakes up, um, but that is,
2: I was ready for it this week, and you said no, go. You were
3: trying to use news. it as a way.
2: <laughs>
3: uh, we won't go there because we're, she-
2: we're not gonna go there. But if anybody <laughs> could do me a favor and DM me and tell me how many times Johnny said have their way with them in this podcast, just listen through it, count the number of times he said have their way with them, and just DM me that number, that'd be fantastic.
1: <laughs> Yeah, it probably did say that a lot this week. A lot.
3: Yeah. 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 Uh, finally, go to myfantasyfootballshirt.com. Uh, that is where we're putting out a, a lot of great shirt designs, as well as if you would like to have a custom design for your podcast, for uh, your fantasy league. Uh, we have a couple stipulations, but for the most part, we're looking to uh, help you out there. Just hit us up, uh, get a custom design, get a few T-shirts for that. Uh, MyFantasyFootballShirt.com. Speaking of, uh, there's a Chiquita Banana shirt that I made.
2: Yeah, I got to buy that tonight. I was actually going to talk to you about that afterward, but uh, since we're going to do it now, uh, I'm just going to log off and, uh, and buy one now.
3: Sounds good. All right, guys, we will see you next week. Bye, Tony John.